Wednesday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. A cold start to the day today. In fact, that extreme cold warning in Saskatoon will be lifted. It breaks around 11 o'clock this morning, and then we start to see mild temperatures continually rise. We actually overnight continue to get warm, and tomorrow, plus temperatures for one day for the province. I don't know how that works on leap year, nonetheless. The 29th of February, we get we go from a deep freeze to uh, not beach weather, but it's plus temperatures, and then we go back into minus. Real weird, but whatever. We're gonna we're gonna take it. That's for sure. Well, I you know I've talked about firearms a fair bit on the show in the short time that you and I have been having this conversation on a Monday to Friday basis. Uh, born and raised on a farm. Um, my dad was a hunter. I mean, you live on a farm, you've got firearms on the farm. There's no doubt about it, whether it's, you know, pest control, we had cattle, we had chickens. So you're trying to keep the coyotes out of the yard, the, all of that kind of stuff. Along with that, you know, I spent my entire adult life pretty much as a police officer. And in that time, got to know the difference between law abiding firearm owners of which this province is full of them and criminals who choose to use firearms to commit offenses almost every one of them has no license to possess a firearm has never been legally given the right to own a firearm possess a firearm and it's that understanding of who is using firearms for a criminal purpose that really has me and many people scratching our heads on things like the notion of a firearm ban Is a firearm ban going to work? A firearm ban is going to be followed by people who are law-abiding firearm owners. It is not going to be followed by people who are not. And we know from the crime rate that we see, the firearm crime that happens in our province, uh, it's a problem. But let's focus some efforts on the people committing the crime and less about how they're doing it. Right, People getting killed with knives in our province at an alarming rate. We don't ban knives. We go after the people that commit the crime. So I don't really understand why firearms are different. And this leads into a good conversation that we're going to have with Tracy Wilson, who's the Vice President of Public Relations for the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. And Tracy joins me on the phone now. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Evan. Nice thanks. to talk to you. Today. Yeah, thanks for being here. I was at the gun show in Regina in early January. I ran into Matthew there, who's the Saskatchewan Provincial Director for the CCFR. And uh, he mentioned that your team is going to be in Saskatchewan for the Saskatchewan Sport and Leisure Show, which is happening this weekend in Saskatoon. And I thought, you know what, this would be a really good time to check in with you guys, some of the work that you're doing and how your court case is going. So I appreciate the fact that you're able to give us some time this morning, Tracy. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here, and I look forward to getting on the plane tomorrow morning and heading out to beautiful Saskatchewan. Let's talk a little bit about the CCFR, which is the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Can you give us just a brief history of the group, who you are, and and what your mandate is? Yeah, sure. Thanks for the opportunity. So the CCFR is basically a group of firearms owners. We're all band together back in 2015. We were sort of born out of the 2015 election, knowing that things would go badly for gun owners under this Liberal government, and boy, were we right. Um, And the idea here was we were just trying to preserve our culture, our history, and our community, and, of course, you know, encourage the government to focus 
on credible public safety measures that would have a positive impact on, the, you know, the crime and violence we're seeing in communities across the country. So let's talk a little bit. I, I was on your website yesterday, and we'll probably refer to it a, a couple of times. I think it's it's an incredible website full of great information. You've got some dynamic uh, animated videos on there that explain responsible firearm ownership. Uh, but without getting into the court case, because I want to talk about that in a second, but give us an example of what type of changes that you lobby for when it comes to responsible firearm ownership. Well, I mean, I think gun owners um, in particular under this liberal government have been pretty beat up and abused. Um, but, you know, we do work quite closely with a number of law enforcement agencies, um, you know, for public safety measures. I work very closely with RCMP and West on anti-smuggling and anti-straw purchasing um, measures. It's very rare that that happens anyways, but of course we want that number to be zero. Um, I'm actually working on a pilot program right now with the Ontario Parole Board um, to educate their parole officers on, you know, the the difference between legal, licensed, firearm, like legitimate ownership, and, of course, the illicit use of smuggled guns to commit violence. So I think that's pretty important with the, um, the problems we're having with probation and parole. Tracy Wilson is my guest, Vice President of uh, Public Relations for the Canadian Coalition of Firearm Rights. You brought up uh, firearm smuggling and and trafficking, Tracy. You know, I think that's something that we can all agree needs to be focused on, and that's part of the challenge that I had with C-21, and I talked about this publicly often, is there's, you know, I've said there's a lot of garbage, I think, in C-21 that doesn't really enhance safety in any way, but there was a couple of good pieces in there, and the the firearm smuggling stuff, I think that's fair for for the country to look at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we also don't want bad people to get their hands on guns, right? So, um, you know, we are opposed to smuggling. We're opposed to the illicit use of firearms for violence. We're opposed to all those things. And there are a couple of measures that we can put in place to ensure, you know, to make it more difficult for criminals, if nothing else. And those are the things that we've been focusing on. Things like in C21, there's a provision that requires a firearm license to buy a magazine or essential components of a firearm. And this is to cut down on 3D printing of guns. Right. So we support those measures. Um, but, of course, it's, um, you know, the, the bill goes a lot further than that. I wish, I wish we would put that same effort into reducing crime, violence, and gun smuggling that they do into reducing legal firearms ownership. Tracy Wilson, my guest from the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. So you and your team have embarked on the largest charter challenge on behalf of gun owners in Canadian history. Let's talk about this. Yeah, that's right. So there is a provision within the Criminal Code and the Firearms Act that says a gun cannot be banned if it's got a a legitimate, um, if it's it's suitable for hunting or sport shooting purposes. And, of course, the firearms that have been banned um, back in May of 2020, it's approaching over 2,000 models and variants. Um, They are legitimate for... Sporting purposes, we've been using them for decades, if not generations, safely and without issue. And they banned them anyway. So we got together, we raised a couple of million dollars, we challenged it in the federal court. Uh, the, the judge heard the evidence, the case went on for years, and then she turned around and, and just decided that she sided with the government. So we did file for an appeal, 
Um, we've had both Alberta and Saskatchewan intervene on that appeal on our behalf with the federal court. And we haven't had that hearing yet, but we look forward to it. We think the, um, the judge erred in her interpretation of the law, and we're going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court if we have to. That must have felt good when you saw provinces like ours, Saskatchewan and Alberta, uh, standing alongside you on this challenge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shows that we're not alone out there. And I think at the at the root of the issue here is, regardless if you think I should own, you know, this rifle or that rifle, I think we can all agree as Canadians that the focus here needs to be on reducing the illicit use of smuggled guns that is causing the crime and violence that we're seeing across the country. And for provinces like Saskatchewan and Alberta, Saskatchewan was first, so they're they're leading the fight for sure. Um, but to see them stepping up just shows that that government has had enough of the federal overreach, and they are looking to force the federal government to focus more on credible public safety measures. There's no doubt, Tracy. Uh, if you stood in my shoes, you would know uh, there is definitely no love lost between our provincial government and the federal government. This is just one of, of many issues. We won't get into carbon tax this morning, but that's another one where <laughs> we're seeing a, a bit of a divergence of uh, opinions. So, you know, I think part of the problem, and I noticed on your website yesterday, you guys spent a lot of time talking about misinformation. That is a yeah. big part of the problem. Even as chief of police, I used to talk about the majority of firearm-related crimes that are happening in Canada are not happening with AK-47s. Not to say that it can't and doesn't happen, and I think sometimes we're influenced by what we see in the States, but I think people would be shocked to to understand what really is happening. And so how do you combat that misinformation? Well, that's a tough job, and I think that's the core uh, root um, of the CCFR, is I think over 30 years, gun owners have been subjected to some really bad branding. Um, the Liberal government and left-leaning governments have successfully created a link between licensed gun owners and violent crime, which doesn't even exist. But they've created that false link for people. So you hear things like Justin Trudeau talk about, you know, assault-style weapons or military-grade weapons. Like These things, it's, it's literally to confuse people. Look, I'm a Chihuahua-owning grandma from the suburbs, and yes, I own two AR-15s. They are semi-automatic, limited to five rounds, and they operate exactly the same as my wood, you know, hunting rifles. So there's a narrative that's been created. Well, you don't need that. You don't need that. Um, You know, at the same time, yes, I do. I've owned them for decades, safely and without issue. And in this country, at least, we should have the freedom to own the things that we want to own unless the onus should be on the government to prove that we shouldn't shouldn't be able to have that. And so far, they failed to do so. Tracy Wilson. We have them in court. Tracy Wilson is my guest, Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights. Unlike the United States, though, Tracy, we have, I would call it, a robust array of firearm laws, regulations, legislation. Um, and, and your group, you're not, you're not fighting to try and strip that all away. You're saying, no. let's not pile more on lawful gun owners. Let's focus on root causes. Let's understand factual information and let's go after the people that are actually committing the crimes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, Canada's got some of the strictest gun control regimes in the world. In fact, you know, the anti-gun lobbies in the United States, what they lobby for is exactly what we've got. And, you know, gun owners are, are, are safe. They are vetted. We are the most vetted citizens in Canada. 
and the last eight years focusing entirely on licensed gun owners instead of criminals, that record on public safety speaks for itself, and it's been a tragic failure. You know, I can tell you, uh, as I was chair of the Firearms Committee for the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police for about five years before I retired, um, and one of the things that we used to really push on, uh, and I'm assuming they still are, is the need for better tracing. Uh, I know this maybe steps outside of, of the realm of, of what your focus is, but in our view, if we're going after the people that are committing the crimes and as you said, the very few people who are law-abiding firearm owners but are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. That number, we realize, isn't huge. But tracing would give us an exam- an opportunity to really hold those people and anyone else involved in illegal firearms trading and trafficking. Uh, we would be able to hold them accountable. So I think tracing is where we need, we need to get to as this, as this issue moves forward. Absolutely. You absolutely nailed it. In fact, back in 2018, I spoke at the Summit on Gun and Gang Violence on invitation from Minister Goodale, our former public safety minister, Ralph Goodale. And that that convention was 300 experts from across the country, mostly law enforcement. And the entire theme of it was information. How can we possibly make sound decisions about policy and which way to go on public safety when we don't have the information? And that's the one area that both sides of the debate agree on, is we need proper data in order to make educated opinions. Well, Tracy, this has been a very good conversation. I know you're going to be at the show this weekend, the Saskatchewan Sport and Leisure Show in Saskatoon. You've got a booth set up there. I also know that this big, large charter challenge that you've got going on costs a little bit of money. And uh, so are you, you're you're always looking for members and, and people that would support the efforts of your organization. How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. So you can find us online at ccfr.ca. We've got a great website there. You can become a member. You can donate. You can come down to the show this weekend if you're local. Uh, come and see us. You can pick up a T-shirt, grab a membership, a conversation, and let's just keep this ball rolling. We, we've committed to gun owners that we'd see it through to the end, and we meant it. Tracy, this has been a great chat this morning. I look forward to seeing you this weekend. That's great. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Evan. Tracy Wilson, Vice President of Public Relations for the Canadian Coalition for Firearm Rights, who will be at the Saskatchewan Sport and Leisure Show this weekend. She mentioned you can get T-shirts. I bought one. I went to the Regina Show. They were selling the T-shirts. They had my size, medium. You can insert your own laughter now. People are like, buddy, when's the last time you wore a medium? Anyway, it is uh, it is a, great, a good group. They do some great advocacy work and uh, no doubt would be, would be happy to see you. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Tracy Wilson stopping by, Vice President of Public Relations for the Canadian Coalition of Firearm Rights. They're at the Saskatchewan Sport and Leisure Show this weekend in Saskatoon. And of course, a lot of the advocacy work that they do, including the challenge that they have with the federal government right now on basically the firearm bans that are in place. And we've talked about this a lot. C-21 um, is a piece of legislation that, although it has a couple of things in there that I think are really positive and really do get to the root of addressing firearm crime and community safety, there's a lot of stuff in there that is going to do zero. And, you you know, we've talked about this here before. Banning firearms is not a solution to solving crime because the criminals 
don't follow the rules. Frank and I were just chatting off air and talking about, you know, we have a ban on drugs. We have a ban on assaulting people. You know, it's not a ban, it's a law, but whatever you want to say, you're not supposed to do it, and yet people do. Why is that? Because people don't follow the law. And so firearm owners, we have many law-abiding firearm owners, thousands of them in our province, that use firearms to hunt for sport and recreation, for even just collecting, that have never committed a crime with them, will never intend to. In fact, they are some of the most rule-following people that we have in the province. And yet the focus is on them and firearms as opposed to the people that are committing these crimes. So that's why firearm smuggling and trafficking is such a, an important piece. Straw purchasing, if you've heard that, it, it isn't the most common way in which hands uh, of criminals are, are, are uh, holding firearms, but it does happen. And that's straw purchasing where a legal firearm owner, someone who has a license to purchase and possess firearms, buys them and then sells them on the black market. We've had a couple of cases in Regina in the last few years where our firearm investigators have investigated and charged people for that. So it does happen. There's laws in place to make sure that we can properly deal with people that are doing that. But it's not the biggest problem out there. And so the crew at the CCFR really do a good job of making sure that there's a balance between factual information, what's happening in terms of safety problems in our country and how firearms relate to that and, and what needs to be done. So it's a, it's a good conversation. And again, I appreciate them stopping by. Well, being a farm kid, I'm looking forward to our next conversation. It's about food in Saskatchewan that's grown here, that's raised here. We have an expert in our province who not only is a journalist and a writer, but she's actually got her own TV show. We're going to talk about flat out food. Season four is going on, and that is our guest next, right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.